do it. Do, I'm doing my buddy there in Mundelein. I'm doing my buddy. I'm doing my yeah. buddy. Cool. Uh, One day we need to like spit bars over this. <laughs> it's all yours, Willie. You can spit as many bars as you want, Wilson. Welcome because to Bar it, Spitter. It is Friday, and <laughs> I am here as always with Wilson Torres because hey, it's hey, time hey. to drink. It and our co-co-host Matthew <laughs> D. Brown. Down the, with Brown. The D stands for down. My middle name is Down. <laughs> it is now. Well, uh, today is a Friday, like I just said, and we are up here at Beguile. They might have figured out we're recording a podcast up here because they have a film crew doing something, but we're staying in the back. We woke Matt, Matt up from his nap, and he's good ready morning. to go with a good morning, good yeah, afternoon. A little Alanis set in the background, huh? A little Alanis set. Hopefully the mics aren't picking that's too much uh, of that. That's my alarm. Is that, oh. That's, oh. The song. that's good. <laughs> this is a song I listen to. <laughs> Well, that's a good way to start your day. It was, good I think it was 1996. I think so. That's it isn't? That was a it's year. not. How long have I been sleeping? Years. <laughs> oh, Decades. Gosh. Oh, no. Not again. Since the birth of your child. Although I, have, oh I, did, I did read about well, how... Well, she's about 100 years old now at this point. <laughs> well, that's too bad. That I'm very sad. old. Were you like just in like a freezer then, and you preserved your body at the age that you are now? Okay. Well, it was really... Let me think. It was very, very cold... Was locked in there. Yeah, it was a freezer. Yeah, sounds good. Let's, let's call you the Encino man. Those, cry, <laughs> those cryotherapy joints are popping up all over Skag. I've noticed that in the last couple of days. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's a good whiskey conversation we're having yeah. here right now. Well, we, um, <laughs> we ice are, goes into whiskey sometimes. Ice does go into whiskey. But what whiskey are we drinking today? Oh, Wilson? today. Home Union Horse minute. presents Rolling Standard. Union Horse is sponsoring the podcast yeah. today. <laughs> uh, the Midwestern Four Grain. It is essentially two whiskeys in one. It's a five-year-old weeder that we then blended with a Did five-year-old you say weeder American or wiener. Weeder, damn okay. it! And I blended it with an 100 percent American single malt that's also aged five years. Nice. Uh, we barreled it. For in the same barrels they came out of, and then 18, 20 months later, here we are, gentlemen. Nice. Cheers. Matt was late to that cheers. If I was a union horse, I would call this galloping standard, not rolling standard. Why would you call it galloping? Horses. Horses. Okay, well, you failed to look at the label, Matthew. There is a story. Can you paint the picture of the label to the listeners of the podcast? It's a a gold foil on a matte. More about the image itself. Matte navy brown. Not that <laughs> down, <laughs> navy, navy, navy brown. blue. Um, but there's a locomotive on this on the um, on the label um, to represent For uh, the past, of course. But there is actually a rail line that runs behind the distillery about oh, almost a mile oh, back. I didn't know that. So you get at every once in a while, you can actually slightly feel the rumble. Um, of it as it comes Ooh. through. Um, do you guys do a shot every time a train goes by? No, actually, oh. what's really <laughs> odd, to my understanding, um, unless I heard the story wrong, mm. the grandparents to the siblings, yeah. that, uh, the grandfather especially, to the siblings that owned Union Horse and started it, um, worked that very line. He oh, migrated wow. up from Mexico. Oh, that's Illegally? Yeah. And then... Not Italy, <laughs> no. God, you know... Fuck you guys. <laughs> All right, let me just get that out right. So. There we go. Explicit received. Explicit rating. <laughs> so there it is. Explicit rating. Here we are. So, yeah. So, basically, so um, to pay homage to the past, um, obviously, transportation rail lines in the, in the U.S. of the mm. K, as it was becoming, uh, was huge. Still is today. Um, so, yeah. That's our homage piece. That's cool. I One of three distiller series that we're going to be doing. I so. never knew that part that's of fun. the story. Yeah. It's cool. Cool. Well, Matt, what have you been up to this week? 
oh, whiskey wise. What have I been? I mean, everything, my dear boys. Um, Cause no, not much. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> pretty not much, much nothing. Um, <laughs> as, as you guys know, you know, our jobs as um, brand ambassadors or what have you. All right, it's a mix of, you know, visiting new accounts and old accounts, you know. Yeah. So just been hang, hanging out with new and old friends alike at bars and restaurants and retailers. Um, gearing up for a big summer, we have a four-year-old rye coming out hopefully oh. in June. Yes, yeah, thank nice. you. All your own juice, Knock right? on your woods, yes, of course. Um, so preparing for that, um, maybe more old fangled, 12-year-old old fangled in June too, nice, guys. Nice. So. Um, just trying to get my ducks in a row to really hit the hit the region with a lot of fun stuff. That's awesome. That's cool. um, yeah, we'll get to plugs and like calendars and stuff <laughs> like that. I'm sure we'll a little get to later. The end, I guess probably yeah. Wilson did uh, and I did attend a fun party on Wednesday night at the Chit Chat. Yeah, underneath the, the Swill Inn for yeah. uh, Mary, who was on our last podcast. Shout out to Dustin. Shout out to Chef Lamar. Oh yeah, Hopefully Mary Scala. Need to have those guys on. It'd be awesome to do a podcast down there. Actually, yeah. um, down in the Chit Chat room and. Have no daylight coming in. Just start drinking whiskey around one yeah. o'clock on a Friday afternoon and see sure. what happens. And if you see if you ever make it out of there alive. Yeah, they <laughs> open now at eleven o'clock for like. Oh really? Like um, brunch or like. Oh, okay. I'm know, turning off the lights and I'm putting it one hatchet in the middle. Oh. And oh. we're gonna find out who will emerge through the doggy door. One of my favorite champion looks oh, of all right. time to get as out a of child was hatchet. The hatchet was it hatchet? Gary Paulson. Gary Paulson. Yes. Paulson. That's why I have a wolf now as a pet. Um, please, <laughs> please uh, read us the entire book right now. I see the paperback sticking out of your back pocket. So I do go always. Ahead. Uh, funny <laughs> fact: I actually do always carry a copy with me of uh, Catcher in the Rye. Because <laughs> you are. Because you're a serial Who killer. Who are you or? about to assassinate? Yeah, <laughs> nobody. No, seriously, do you? Sure. Yeah, it's always. I always have a little in your bag, not yeah, your backpack. My backpack. Yeah. Really. Oh, okay. Do you oh. not know the association? Yeah, I do. Of, okay, yeah. <laughs> but you, you and you choose to do this <laughs> I little kinda, ritual, anyways. I actually got called out for that um, when I lived in Santa Fe because one of the baristas of the coffee shop I went to every day, he kind of noticed it. He's like. Hey, what book are you reading right now? He's like, but why do you always have a book of or a copy of Catcher in the Rye? And he, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then yeah, he told me about that, so that's how it all came. You out. heard it here first, folks. Jake plans on murdering John Lennon. Jesus. Do not tell him that John Lennon's already dead, or yeah. he will pick a new target. Actually, that conversation started over a Nick Drake uh, biography that I was reading, and he's like, "Do you know that about John Lennon and Catcher in the Rye?" I'm like, "I don't." Um, but yeah, it was a copy I stole from high school AP English class, and my teacher, who I'm still in touch with. Uh, she was like, did you she still... She keeps that? on asking. She keeps asking back. for it. Well, I used to write in other books we had to turn back in. I used to yeah. write notes and sticky notes. Like well, yeah, but I'd write sticky notes in the pages and be like, turn to page 198 for the answer of life and like all these other weird things. And she would like email me like, are you putting sticky notes on every single <laughs> yeah. book that you had? I'm like, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, call this number for a good time. And it was my dad's number who was the principal <laughs> of our high school. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like yeah, that one. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> so my dad may or may not have got some phone calls um, from some... Did he ever say if he did? Oh, I'm sure he probably did. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Hi, I got this number from a book in the school <laughs> library. I'm looking for a good time. 
<laughs> come on down to the office and I'll give it to you. Oh my god. Oh, that's that's so hey, come on down bad. to my office. So <laughs> exactly. I'll give you it. That's, that's exactly nasty. how it sounds. Nasty, <laughs> but no, um, yeah, we Fucking did have nasty. a good time at, at the Swell Inn. Um, we're at the Chit Chat. Yeah, that was um, nice. Hanging out, drinking some good Treaty Oak cocktails that Dustin and Brandon prepared for uh, everyone there. Chef Lamar made some awesome sliders and those smoked whiskey wings. Oh man, those were tasty. Yeah, smoked. Swel- smoked. Uh, Bourbon glazed wings. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah, I love chicken wings. So do Me I. too. I could sit on the couch, TV off, just eating chicken wing after chicken wing after chicken wing. <laughs> TV just off. in my zone, staring at your just, child. Just, yeah, my child. Speaking of TV, <laughs> I just came across this great series. Okay. On Netflix. Is it you called guys, Game of Thrones? Fuck that. No, it's <laughs> fucking. Because uh, this is your official whiskey Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, no, it's not. That <laughs> there is a, I uh, think I did see there was a whiskey drinking podcast based around Game of Thrones. Uh, oh yeah. No. Is so. Bran the Night King? Anyways, we'll Stop. continue. <laughs> okay. It's called On My Block. Okay. Um, setting in, call it South Central LA for lack of a better... In the 80s? Uh, no, actually. Cur- um, current? Current. Yeah, it's really cool. Follows four freshmen to be, um, high school freshmen, I should say. Mm. And uh, their summer leading into their their freshman year, and mm-hmm. then their, their freshman year, and then it leading into their summer before their sophomore year. So I was laying that D it's it was, my freshman it was, year. Were you, you really? were what? That's what it's so <laughs> funny. That comes up. No. So it's really cool. It's, I it's, wasn't. it's it's a really it's a great series. I it reminds me a lot of when I was went through high school many, 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 many moons ago. Mm. And then it kinda you know, it was a little bit of a tearjerker because I see my son. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's so, a sophomore. He's a sophomore now, yeah. So shout out to my little man. And uh, Willie Jr. I think we have a big no uh, juniors. No, we don't do the Willie juniors. the second. Willie the second. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. Willie Jr. the second, the third. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, there's a third. Oh, on the way. Hopefully, not like now. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Breaking news. Oh my maybe, god. Maybe 10, 15 years. F- you know, give him. Yeah, fifteen years. From that now. sounds good, right? Yeah, like that sounds great. From now. Oh. he'll be thirty. Yeah. Because I had That's him good. when I was 30, so yeah. it's nice. You know. So you're, you're going to have him. So right now. So hopefully we, he can. Hey, it's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin from the owner Kevin, of Beguile. He might have thought, figured out we finally recording a podcast after 12 episodes. <laughs> oh, oh hi, 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 Kevin. I, I've never been up here before. It looks it looks great. Yeah, Matt doesn't live here. I don't, I don't live here. <laughs> um, Kevin's been invited on the podcast twice, but he's declined both offers. So. Well, he's been traveling. <laughs> That's true. He's a man of the world. He is a man of the world yeah. with his his brand. And now he guy. sneaks away. Oh yeah, yeah put the uh, the put the extend- put the extension back on <laughs> so no one bothers us. <laughs> <laughs> We're treated like royalty here. I at actually like that touch. That is pretty nice. There's, pretty there's nice. actually a stanchion right now in front of where we're recording for so no awesome. apparent reason because we're nobody important. But, you know, just in case any hooligans would sneak up mm. here on a Friday afternoon and bother us. And want to plug their podcast. Exactly. We, we, can't, we can't have that happen. I was just no. talking to some guy downstairs, and Kevin introduced us. And he's like, oh, yeah, Jake runs a podcast upstairs, a whiskey podcast. And this guy's like, so is that your full-time job? I'm like... Sure. Sure. <laughs> a non-paid full-time job. That's uh, so funny. Is that all you do? I'm like, I wish. Um, but if anybody <laughs> wants to give us any money, just, you know, for the heck of it. Just give it we to might us. Take yeah. it. We have We have no integrity. We can be bought. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think we can. I think we really can. As long as it's not like... Not even for a lot of money. No, not like five bucks. We'll just, uh, Matt might let you sleep in his bunk bed at Beguile with him. <laughs> bottom bunk. Bottom bunk. Bottom bunk. Okay. You can sleep in the same bunk. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, there's a lot of opportunity out there for a man or a woman of anything. My Whoever. top bunk is my dresser, so I have all my things on the top bunk, <laughs> and then I sleep on the bottom bunk. I had a friend who did. That. Yeah, he purposely left. He he kept his bunk all through high school mm-hmm. just so he can just throw his clean shit up sure. on top. Makes he sense. Didn't yeah. want to put anything in his drawers. He also still had uh, Superman onesie pajamas too. This <laughs> oh, the only clothing I have now. No, that makes sense. Well, back to the whiskey conversation. This is a whiskey podcast. This is. I mean, think of your listen. So, if you're listening to this the first time, and you're like, <laughs> "What are these idiots talking about here?" For now, for about ten minutes or so, we are a whiskey podcast um, dedicated to all things whiskey. We are called the Key in the Lake. We don't really ever introduce that. My name is Jake Hookie. I don't know if I introduced that <laughs> earlier. I kind of have a problem with that. I like to introduce the guest, the co-host, the co-co-host, but not myself. But we kind of sit around each week and talk about whiskey, some of the events that are occurring, um, our plans for the future when it comes to whiskey, what we've tried, what we've enjoyed recently, and all of that good stuff. So back to that. Wilson, what are your yeah. plans for the spring as summer is maybe yeah. approaching and is winter coming back tomorrow with two inches of snow falling in Chicago? Well, spring cocktails have launched, so nice. that allows a little breathing room for us you know kind of sort of but we're already planning fall cocktails so cool summer you know spring and summer kind of i've i've noticed that they kind of interweave into one another sure so if you make a spring cocktail list chances are it's going to stay on the summer cocktail list unless it's specific you know sure places you know just decide to like not let it ride or let's let it ride um so i'm already on the fall planning side of things um, got a, a lot of slew of events, slew of tastings, um, some new places that are coming into Chicago that are either opening, have oh, opened, cool. you know, so that's always fun. Finger on the pulse. Yeah. Yeah. Those word in the, the street is, I think maybe you brought it up last time, you are doing a collaboration with Beguile soon? Yeah. So, uh, Cocktail-wise. June 1st, uh, Bitter Pops will be hosting the launch of a draft cocktail, a beer cocktail on draft. Uh, the Bourbon Citrus Ginger Delicious. Um, it is made with our reserve uh, bourbon and Beguile's Blonde Ale. Um, this is something that Jake and I actually did together. Uh, more Jake than me, I should say, so I need to give credit where credit, credit is due. Um, you did a lot of tasting. A lot we of did science a lot of, Yeah, so we did a lot <laughs> of... Uh, a lot of Friday afternoon. <laughs> Nothing's really changed. Uh, nothing, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're still drinking a beguile on but Friday But this was afternoon. something that came out of Kevin's mouth, actually. He goes, bourbon, citrus, ginger, delicious. Because we use bourbon, yeah. lime juice, lime concentrate. He's like, the ginger is delicious. Yeah. And then the, the bourbon, and then, of course, we top it off with the blonde ale. So, it, yeah, that's so right. we'll be launching that on June 1st. Are you using any Pops. certain ginger beer? You know what? I always, I've always still liked Rockies when yeah, we originally yeah. started. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably go that route. That's yeah, a like, nice spicy carbonation yeah. factor to um, it. But if we can get, it, we also may be looking at Top Notes ginger beer. Okay. Um, because they can put it on the gun as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, you yeah. know, That's so big. that may work. What's up, what up, George? Yep. What up, George? What up, George? Yeah, George. Give me a call, George. George, Where you you at, George? give me a call back too. <laughs> George is the national. Uh, Sales and marketing uh, cat for uh, Top Note out of Milwaukee. Cool. Um, yeah. Good guy. Came from Heineken, a global guy, and then oh my, uh, came back. Uh, came back to Chicago. Pet- and started up you doing yeah. any cocktails this spring, Matt? No. Cocktail, no. Cocktail well, no. I mean, I, I, you got yes. a beer. What's that? Don't you have a beer coming up? Or did um, that? Oh well, there are several breweries that have our Some barrels. Variations. Pa- right? Pollyanna has um, eight of our barrels that are filled with their fun size that'll probably be out you know closer to the new year cool. um uh smiley brothers 
in Evanston still has a little bit of their Belgian quad age in our barrels still hanging around. They, they'll put they'll throw them on draft again every once in a while. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, and they're all so good. Yeah, they're all they really, are. really good. They're, they did all four. The they did, are good. Yeah, they did four Belgian quads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, age in our barrels. Um, uh, cocktail wise, you know, and this can probably dovetail back to you know the state of craft spirits. We're a, a little priced out of a lot of people's cocktail ranges um, for whiskey. Some of our gins have hit, and Hellfire, our spicy vodka for sure, and uh, mm. Bloody Marys. But um, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, we don't really have a lot of push for cocktails, especially because if like um, we commit to like uh, selling in a whole lot of volume to a place for a cocktail. Um, that might impact us because we pretty much sell everything we make. So yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have, you know, but it's interesting you bring that up because last night I was at Kamiko, um, which is a newer Japanese, uh, yeah, yeah, cocktail bar and little kind of a restaurant as well too. And had a, um, where's that at? Is that on Lake street? My dear boy, Lake and De Plain. Mm-hmm. and had a really nice, uh, Nika gin coffee. Sure. Or not coffee, gin, uh, cocktail. And it was really tasty, and I think it was like eighteen dollars. But it's yeah. funny how you know at these higher price cocktail bars that are using really great ingredients, uh, ingredients, and mixing you know five, six different things into the sure. cocktail, it adds up the value. Which I understand why for somebody who's in the industry, other people might sit there and be like, "Why is the cheapest cocktail on the menu seventeen dollars, and why are some of them up to twenty three, twenty four dollars?" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting to think that like a uh, a company the size of Nika or some of the other Japanese brands that are, it's only Japanese brands at this place. Um, mm-hmm. um, how they can't fit it, how craft can't fit in there to that price level as well. Yeah. And do you guys have a problem with that when you're into the market? Kind of. It? Yeah, I certainly do. Um, but you know, y- it, you can't dwell on it. I mean, yeah. cocktail placements are great for driving volume. I mean, it's pretty yeah. much the only way on premise to drive volume. Um, is to have uh, your spirit on the cocktail menu. So yeah, Mary was touching on that last week right. too with them, um, and then she's how she's kind of having a little more. It seems like she's having a little more overall achievement with the gins versus yes. uh, the whiskeys. Because whiskey, the, yeah. the whiskeys, you know, I think their bottles are probably around fifty to fifty-five dollar retail, where the right. gins sit around that thirty-five, forty-dollar price mark. Yeah. And a lot of your um, more prestige accounts will uh, your you can't even approach them with a whiskey cocktail <laughs> placement because they're so concerned with uh, their Buffalo Trace and Elijah Craig uh, placements in order to get their allotments of the allocated stuff come the fall, yeah. which who could, who could blame them? You know, that's part of, that's that's um, part of the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, my, um, my approach with Blum Bros is really just to be, to have as wide of a market share as possible, not as much of a deep market share okay. because one, we're kind of priced out of it. Two, we, a, as far as a volume standpoint, like this, I think can make the most impact, mm-hmm. you know? So that's kind of my, um, that's kind of my strategy. And then of course, uh, just like coming up with a plan and getting people excited for that rye when it comes out. That's a yeah. big part of our too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We touched it again in, uh, we touched on it in 
my uh, first episode. Ooh, what young bucks we were back then. <laughs> episode number two or three. Two. Number two. Oh, you are well first guest. Yes. Oh, well. Yeah. Second, right? Well, yeah. shuck my corn. There you go. So oh, shuck my um, corn. How, um, yeah, uh, it, for, for us, it's really about getting people... Um, acquainted with the brand and love with the brand before our prestige bottling, our 12-year-old old fangled goes away at the end of the year. Yeah. Because although it's um, had a great success for its price range and for its, uh, like, uh, I'll just say it, unavailability. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say it, exclusivity or whatever. Um, that'll go away, and we want to make sure that the fans that we've made with that will stay with us on the journey. Yeah, definitely. So that's the, that's the plan for the next six months or so. Yeah, that's kind of cool. When last time we were on a couple of weeks ago, if we didn't we didn't get to it. I think we hinted towards it that we wanted to kind of talk about some of the failures that we've had inside of this industry mm-hmm. that we were able to turn into opportunistic approaches to the market, maybe even t- uh, flip into successes um, at the end of the day. Because I know, um, like anything in life, the biggest thing where you can learn from is your failures. And if you don't Certainly. learn from them, you're just going to sit on there and never uh, really progress in life or progress in this industry when it comes to that no. a little more focus point it's so easy to rest on your laurels in this yeah, in this business definitely especially when you have pride in your company which obviously um all three of us do um and the other brands that we've worked for in the past too it's you have that pride and that pride can basically m- make you sink a little bit too much if you don't ever expand and research yourself and kind of get out of that myopic standpoint of like this is the best whiskey you have to be out there and trying other things and yeah. to help yourself develop a better palate help yourself develop better into this industry overall by knowing what's happening um, with other competing interests. But is yes. uh, anything specifically stick out in your head, Matt, where something you kind of turned into was a little bit maybe of a downfall, but uh, turned into success? You know, when you proposed this question to us uh, in our group chat, which is disgusting, by the way, you two should both be ashamed of what it's you true. say. That what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't even <laughs> say <laughs> shit. No, no. So um, it, it's not true. Wilson I can't am, even write in English. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> shit. I got Grammarly doing all that shit for me, bro. <laughs> Grammarly. <laughs> Grammarly. <laughs> um, the first thing I thought of so when this uh, topic was brought up uh, a few weeks ago was... Um, something so a little background on me I guess I grew up in the Chicago area but I lived in Arizona for almost three years and while I was there I managed a steakhouse called the Cowboy Club (laughs) and this is a seven-year-old roadhouse in downtown Sedona Arizona (laughs) and I was 25 yeah I was about 25 26 when I got the job and everyone there was at least 10 years older than me and had worked there for 10 or 15 years and had raised their families you know, on their on the money they, yeah. they made at the That's at amazing. the steakhouse, um, but they really had never had you know they didn't they were never really managed, and so my I got terrible advice I got <laughs> awful advice um, from my bosses, and they were like you know we just need some discipline down there you know and they'll respect you for it if you come in there you know and like lay down the law um, that was wrong you know of course like yeah. that was just wrong you know you should. <laughs> Matt is not the law. No, I'm, nev- I'm <laughs> never the law. the law. And and so so I was there. I worked there. For, I was a manager of the Cowboy Club um, for two years, and um, but I made such a bad impression that first six <laughs> months trying to assert my trying to dominance. I was demanding respect. Yes. I was not commanding respect. Yes, as my father would had pointed out to me. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was like Light a year problems. and a half trying to... <laughs> Were you like kind of micromanaging with that as well? well I, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not letting um, your employees 
succeed on their own. No. And you know what? All you really need to do as a restaurant manager is be there to get their back, you know, because being a server or a bartender or a um, food runner or whatever is such an intense experience. You know, you're like you're working so hard and you're seeing all these faces who, you know, just want to be happy and have a good time. And you're like, you know, um, spinning 10 plates at a time. And all they really need is someone to have their back in case someone goes wrong. And, and yeah, that's the best, the best restaurant managers I've ever had um, were, were those guys who would just like swoop in when you, they needed you, you yeah. know? Anyways, so it, it, it became a, a year and a half war of attrition to get everyone <laughs> to like me again. Jesus. So back to the original question, how have my failures become successes? Yeah. And this is where, Specifics and I got, or just yeah. General. And a server there gave me some advice that wasn't really connected Mm -hmm. to my failure as a manager just then. But after a year or so, I started connecting threads of what he was saying. So he was saying, like, you know, when I have a a table that I think is going to really go with me on my suggestions Mm -hmm. and I can, you know, really upsell them and make a lot of money, here's what I'm going to do. Within the first course or so, I'm going to fuck something up, just small, just really small and easy. So... I will mix up a drink order just slightly. Mm-hmm. I will forget to put, I will put the different salad dressing on something just a little bit, or I will make a little mistake so that I can recover it. Okay. And then I'm the hero. Yeah. I'm, we've gone through trust, the other yeah. side. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, but that's so stage now all bullshit. Though. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. I, I like that. But I'm trying to say, but I'm trying to say like, so no, it's kind of playing a game, yeah, but, that's um, but you're playing a game. You for know, that tip. what? Fuck that. What I think, have <laughs> <laughs> an open small, mind here. For so, such low I got, No, yeah, I, so, this has got to get better. <laughs> I'm not saying I took his advice exactly, but what I'm saying is like, you can make um, sometimes repairing a mistake yeah. will um, garner you. Uh, um, Admitting you're wrong, like correcting a mistake or whatever. Like, so when things go wrong, like uh, maybe I misquoted about the availability of a product Mm -hmm. or like something like that. Just little things, you know, um, some things that haven't been in my control, maybe like a rep dropped in order or whatever, not calling them out. You know, every uh, all those little mistakes. Mm -hmm. I see, I always see as an opportunity because I, and I get excited because of that. uh, And I say like, oh. Now I can fix it and I can be, you know, the uh, hero, okay. yeah. cool. which is always cool in customer service yeah, when you have you an now. opportunity okay. to, like, flip the script. Yeah. yeah. And so, you, so do you have the opportunity, like, in selling whiskey? Sure. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, someone, you know, a store, a store owner or a, uh, a bar manager or whatever, you know, hey, I, ha- I tried this thing with another with another um, with another brand or we tried to do a whiskey dinner before, but it didn't really work, you know, Um I, all, all I see is opportunity where it comes into being like, all right, whiskey dinner didn't work out. You yeah. tried to do, um, you tried to do uh, a cocktail pairing with all their products for four courses, and it didn't work out. Yeah. But that's fine. You have an outdoor patio. Let's wait until there's summer. I'll just do one cocktail. Everyone who sits out on the patio gets it. Yeah. You know, get people out on the patio, get people waiting for the patio at the bar mm-hmm. and where they're, you know, hey, I saw you had this patio deal 
going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt from Blum Brothers is here hanging out. You know, mm-hmm. you know them, the uh, great American whiskey company from Galena, <laughs> Illinois. You know, um, <laughs> but just looking for the looking for those little chances to um, to like turn someone's negative into a positive. I get excited. Yeah. When I see Same when here. I see those coming down the pike. Yeah. yeah and the those, fel- are, those can be exciting. Yeah, they are. I mean, like the failures, like I said before, it's where you learn. And the best way to, you know, become a better person overall, become a better salesperson, if that's what you're doing, uh, marketing your company, it's to learn what, what didn't work yeah. the first time and how to adapt yeah. to it. Yeah. Don't, don't shy away from that kind of thing. No, absolutely you know, not. Even, like, we've gotten bad reviews before. Yeah. Like, um, you can always turn it around and, you know... Um, Matt, Matt Blum once got an email in our early goings uh, um, from a customer in Iowa who told him Fuck his... those Iowans. Tell me about it, Jake. <laughs> about how um, our vodka was the worst vodka he's ever had. Wow, and Matt shit. Blum wrote him a long email about how, you know, usually, you know, we don't have the greatest consistency because one of the key ingredients, unicorn tears... Um, you know, we didn't have any sad unicorns at the time, something like that. And it was a long, <laughs> oh, goodness, long email about that. And um, the customer was like, hey, thanks for replying. I'll uh, give you guys another shot. You know, yeah. just like yeah. showing that concern for the customer. It's exactly. <sighs> or, or at least being um, being big enough to reply. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, it's 100% right. I mean, even for me, like a small thing that comes to mind, we were saying that when you're dealing with customers, when I used to give distillery tours, I kind of naturally talk fast. And people would always, not not people, but mostly uh, European people or people from other country would ask, could you like, slow down for European people? I'm like, yeah. well, what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. do you understand, how well do you understand English in the first place? Not yeah. very well. Well, that's you. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no, I mean, you if do. you think about it, no, you. I have to process it in one language before it yeah, clears, you do and then I have to. Please, Jake, can you slow down <laughs> on your tour that, notes? That's, <laughs> that's, that sounds more like it. I wish to absorb your COVID information. Yeah, <laughs> in total European <laughs> nature. Um, no, that's actually kind of what it was. And at first, I was kind of like disgusted by it when as it happened oh these and stinking foreigners no not like that but i love europe um <laughs> but uh brexit i supported 100 percent no um but uh making a joke no but you're like you're you're just turned off by it and you feel almost kind of i'll be right back i have like, to go uh, pee out of my penis there you go but Jesus, dude. um it's early it's very early you're going that. the wrong way too but you dude, know you're I, going the wrong way but uh you know at first i was kind of offended by that and thinking like well, how do I change the way I've talked my entire life? But after, after I really like started to think about it after the tour, you're like, oh, okay, I can adapt because I can probably slow down for everybody if that's the case when it comes to European visitors. Yeah. And started changing like my methods of approach when it came to giving uh, speeches in public or giving tours, things like that, because I was doing it at least once a week back then, talking mm-hmm. in public. So it's just those simplest things, those small factors when it comes down to the details of... Mm-hmm how you can do things better, how you think in your head you might be doing it right one way, but then the mass audience may not see it that way too. But do I mean, but when that happened, yeah. were, did you reflect on it in a sense like, you know, was it when you said disgusted by it? Not, I mean, disgusted is a harsh word. I think yeah. it's more just offended by like, offended. Oh, how do I change the how way? Change I, I'm 28, okay. 29 years old. How do I change the way I've been talking, you know, okay. my entire life? Okay. I've always been a fast talker. So right. and like obviously, even starting this podcast has helped me even really pronunciate things, slow down in progression. Right. But yeah, back then it was just like 
maybe it was more of a mindset of change, mindset changing of maybe you're not always doing things the correct way when you think you are. True. And there's always a second way of true. reaching out and seeing if there's a better better approach. And for that case, it was it worked out. I think well. It was a it was a it maybe came off the wrong way because that person speaking English as well, which is in their first language, True. took that into into a factor um, too. But yeah, I think it's just one of those little things where you just have to have an open ear for everything and an open mind as well. I agree. Yeah, I mean the audience is consistently is constantly changing. Yeah. I mean every I mean when you were doing that, that was every hour on the hour. You didn't know what kind of group you're going to have. Yeah, sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Um, unless it was like a pre-booked party of 15 yeah. or whatever may be the case. And one of the things that... Or a, re- a weird Tinder date that yeah. showed up. <laughs> or those... What that, were those barrel run... Um, oh, yeah, the barrel run people. Barrel run yeah, tours. Yeah, bringing tours of like 25, yeah. 30 people, and you're like, well, what is going on? I remember when that happened. Yeah, no, the, the weirdest tour experience I think I ever had, though, as a complete tangent, was... A couple guy walks in for the tour at seven o'clock, and he's like, I'm like, hey, you know, how's it going? He's like, I'm here for the tour. I'm like, oh, cool. Are you meeting anybody? See, so you have two people. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, cool. Point her out when she gets, point her him out when they get here and uh, mark them off. And they're like, ah, I don't really know what they look like. And I'm like, oh, first date? And he's like, yeah, first date. I'm like, oh, cool. You know? All right. Well, the only problem was there's only one other person signed up for the entire tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like a winter night, so it wasn't a very big tour. Oh, so this no. other dude shows up. I mean, he was young. And kind of just want to come, you know, try to sneak in the back, tell you, like, go to a movie by yourself and <laughs> oh, grab some popcorn, no. sit in the back row, and no one notices you. Well, when you have a Tinder date, oh. um, first date as well, uh, and just yourself, it stands out pretty uh, oh, pretty um, pointedly. So, yeah, it was just me and this random dude and this, f- this group, this uh, couple on their first Tinder date. That's amazing. I hope I brought them together. They're probably married They're now. They're probably together. Like, so, like that guy just poured us so much whiskey that... We went home, made yeah. sweet, sweet love, had a baby, <laughs> forgot to use a condom, and here's the repercussions of it. So thank there's you. There's a little Koval baby out there. I'll, oh, there's a little Koval baby out there somewhere. <laughs> well, there's also the Koval's children. True. So Named Metro Whiskey, right? That's funny. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, so that's already out there. But no, it's, I mean, kind of back to like, how do you learn from these experiences in this industry, um, kind of more focused in that area? Anything that you've gone through, Wilson? I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm fairly wise. I know you always have an open mind to everything. Yeah, and I, you, really I, I mean, I think with you, it's always been the approach of let's try something new in the first place. And yeah. may, may certain things don't work out. True. Like as a cocktail wise, there's there's like there's cocktails that we've developed in the past that haven't been as popular as like the bourbons at just ginger, ginger delicious. Yeah. Um. So kind of revamping those, going um to, back to the playbook and redrawing that up. Yeah, I think more than I think the one that really stands out. I guess it was more mm-hmm. a proving a point. Uh-huh. And and I guess you can consider some of our failures come from our fears. Absolutely. Sure. That's what they usually. So come. I think. Mine is more about a fear, not a personal fear myself, but a fear that maybe small brands such as ourselves mm-hmm. do have naturally. Yes. And that's going up against one of the big guys. Oh, sure. Head to head. You know, so the result wasn't in my favor or our favor. Yeah. But goddamn it, I fucking fought. You know, yeah, was, of course. You, know, you get to the bottom, you get to the end, and I lost out to Dob Creek. Not a bad person, you know, not a bad no. distillery or history to, to, right. to lose to. Yeah. But what I failed to do, improving this fear is, is, the base, is the root of all failures, was I didn't add enough value. Mm. Value is your, into your company? I didn't, yeah. Not failures in our company, but failures in what I, how I approach this. Here I am, made the final cut for a barrel pick, right? Yep. 
and it was between us and Knob Creek. It was very, you know, very transparent and everything. I, I felt that our taste alone would carry us through. Mm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because Knob Creek's barrel pick comes in with what, what, Matt? Do you know by any chance? By, you know? Proof-wise proof wise or 120? Okay. Yeah, ours they was cut literally it at 120. 100, yeah, ours was 120.86. So this goes back to the whole I price remember, thing. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I know we'll get them on taste. Sure. Mm-hmm. But then it came down to price. <laughs> and when Knob Creek is giving you $23 a bottle on a barrel pick, yeah, and I'm that's coming how in. Old too, 10 that's years 10 old years old or something? Yeah, Crazy. 10 years old. A pair of, mine is six. Yeah. You know. What was your price point? 40. Yeah, and that's, you know. and that's a hard thing for consumers to understand, too, is why are these smaller batches, these yeah. smaller distilleries at this price point? A lot of that has to do with that you're trying to make money, keep your lights on, pay back yeah. those those initial bills. Um, to exactly, build and that's what I fail to yeah. really not to tell them that exactly they know verbatim, that. but yeah. they know that. But yeah, I, right. I I I fail to add value to that. All right, sure. yeah, you're gonna pay fifteen more dollars a bottle. I think with but like you're bringing in something new. Yeah, you're supporting an entire company, yeah, you are, family. You are coming, bringing something new that no one else in the city has. Oh yeah. Good you point. dig what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I thought, you know, my initial presentation, that's what was mentioned. I think that's what yeah. really drove our... You know what the name, the name of the place? Was it more of a cocktail bar, whiskey bar? It is a... It is a... Uh, it was Beguile. No, it was... Uh, it's, in, it's in Fulton Market. Okay. Um, it's, I would consider it both. They got nice small plates mm-hmm. and a nice cocktail that's headed up by this up-and-coming... Uh, bar director, she's phenomenal, um, and uh, yeah. So it just it, instead of relying on the taste to carry the rest, carry us through fully. Sure. Yeah. I left it at that, and I didn't continue to build a value on yeah. top of that. So I failed there. Well, that's you know? tough too because like, for another um, location that could have worked, like they wouldn't have. They maybe that's a, that's where. It, the dice roll comes into it too, you know, like maybe overdoing it on all the personal stories would have tur- turned something off back in their brain. You it's know possible. what I'm saying? It's possible, but the way it was going, yeah. you know, I just, I honestly felt so confident that the, the, the taste and the fact that it was different mm-hmm. and the fact that it was coming from a small family based thing, yeah. such as where they came from, yeah. you know, it's not yeah. a no brainer, but it would be a tough, tough choice. Half braider. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sem- because when it comes down to price, you're like, fuck. Yeah, that's yeah, dude. I should have built more on the value. Yeah, you're right, 100%. And that's so I failed on that. But I, we con- I helped conquer a fear, not within myself, but within my brand. Okay. And within those others who, Matt, yourself, and Blonde Brothers, if you guys had a barrel program you know, of that nature, that would be something that would be, of course. you know, hey, don't you'll get them on the next one. You'll get them right. on, hey, because when you get an opportunity that way, it's balls out. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, you put you put them out on the table. Let them see it, boys. Just let them see them. Yeah. Let them see your Just balls. Let them see them. Here they are. Yeah. This is how I feel. Yeah. Cold yeah. and I'm ashamed. <laughs> balls naked but see, on that, the but floor. But we have that fear. And I think a lot of that leads to the good majority of the failures that we talk about in life. Yeah. The never change. It's something real. Oops. That's the karaoke aspect of the podcast. Um, but no, I mean, like, 
I think it's a, big, a really conversation to have too when we have some of the bigger name reps on this I podcast because what, what like, even though we personally have these conversations with people like out in the market or at events with some of the bigger brands, yeah. I mean they're the same people as us out there doing it just for a different level of industry and it'd be interesting to hear like what their first uh, point of reference is is it the price? I mean I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the price, especially when they know they're competing with the craft brands. Like I can give you to for literally half yeah. the price. Yeah. Um, and have this heritage brand that's going to yeah. be consistent. It's going to taste good. You know it's going to taste good. But a lot of them pursue the market, just as Matt mentioned, his pursuit in the market is to be widely available. Yeah. You know, these larger national brands naturally have that. Yeah. You know. Right. So my point is, fuck you. I'm coming for you. Do you dig what I'm saying? I mean. And what's frustrating, too, it's at a certain point, like, when you're up against them for these placements, it's like, you don't need that. You know what I'm saying? No. Your 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 um, a big part of your marketing strategy is just like keeping me out. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Which like is you see a cocktail so menu annoying. it says like featuring Knob Creek. Most people are gonna look that over or whatever big brand it might be. Right. Um, but if someone's like, I've never heard of, if they're going to this bar, especially if they're probably from like out of town or something yeah. like that, visiting the bar because it's a well known reputation, and they see presented by Union Horse Distillery. And they're like, oh, where's that distillery? If they, yeah. if they enjoy the cocktail, it that's becomes a conversation whole dialogue yeah. that doesn't just connect you, Will, yeah. with the end consumer. Now the end consumer is, has a whole yeah. relationship now with the retailer yep. or whatever that turned them on to you. You know, so it's a whole, liquor, yeah, it's a whole food chain. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Or request their buyer to purchase it for them. Right. So it's where, that's how you build as a, you know, it's right. almost like a grassroots level when it yep. comes to being out there and, you know, just. It's a hunt, man. It's always a hunt. Yeah, it's definitely. Tell me about it. It is <laughs> Do you want me to tell you about it? Um, <laughs> this is a podcast. I can tell you about it. I uh, guess. Are we a hunting podcast now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've medicine. never been hunted before. I've been a few times. I've never been hunted before. Is what I just. <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. Yeah, that you know of. Yeah. They could be waiting in a deer stand outside of Beguile right now yeah. for me. There could be a just get people at Beguile hunting you. You just don't know it. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> They're just waiting to make their move every I'm night. <laughs> I'm, I'm right under their, their nose. They have no idea. Shh, <laughs> accept this. <laughs> um, no, but it's cool to listen to those because it's... It, it's almost like every single day there's some kind of like failure approach when it comes to this industry working as a craft brand because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to build from the ground up. It's yeah. a matter if you've been around for 10, 13 years, you're yeah. still small compared to all the heritage brands. Yeah, for sure. And we only, we only more are now having all these international brands come to the market and take a bigger piece of that as well. Right. Um, I mean, Scotch is as big as it's ever been. The Irish is, it's, it's oh, Irish sells big. better here than it does in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> and it, Which is oh, odd. Well, it's is it odd or is it? I mean, it's only me. two and a half million people on a small island, yeah, so I guess you kind of look at it that. Two and a half million in Chicago alone. Exactly. So. Yeah. Makes sense. A lot of Irish folk, too. A lot of That Irish never folk. get divorced. That <laughs> <laughs> is an allusion to a pre podcast conversation that we have, yeah. I believe. Yeah. No, it, it is interesting, though, because I feel like almost every day I had some sort of failure in this industry, and it's, it's always learning from that. It's simple as can be, as slowing yeah. down your voice progression. Um, on a tour for people that are visiting or people yeah. that are visiting from out of country to big mistakes I've made and, like, financial mistakes um, when it comes to you don't know what from you're that, doing. Like that boat you bought? That boat I bought, yeah. I just never, <laughs> With I, the company I, card? Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> I emptied out all of our... Guys, it'll be cool. We'll do 
canoe tours. No, Go all sponsored canoe tours trust in me, Chicago. Trust me, it'll work. It'll, it will work. As I said, renting a cruise boat, what we do with cruise tours, we'll get our own freaking yacht. <laughs> get that freaking yacht, baby. Yeah, wow. Those, those hundred dollar pours will pay for it. Hundred dollar pours. But yeah, hundred dollar pours. Goodness. <laughs> I was actually listening to uh, you know Charbet, Charbet. Um, from California. We're both just staring at you. We have no idea. You've never heard Charbet? The distillery? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I was so intent on being obtuse to be like, I don't know what Charbet is, but yeah, I do know uh, what that is. Not I was listening to a podcast with their owner on, and he was talking about how one of their local bars was selling their um, Mickey Manhattans with their one of their bottles, which is like a like a over a hundred dollar bottle of all their stuff. I think the cheapest bottle is like seventy seven dollars, and they're making like fourteen dollar Manhattans Jeez. at this place. His friend let him know, so he went down there, bought a few, drink lunch, That's and awesome. he's like, "Guys, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't fourteen dollars. How much were they? They were twelve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he called the bar manager the next day, and he's yeah. like. The sounds of the brewery are behind us now. Um, That's it. me backing my fat ass up right now. It makes <laughs> that noise. <laughs> it's when he falls out of bed. But the owner called, <laughs> the, owner called uh, the, bur- the bar manager next day and like, these should be like $120 cocktails. What? Yeah. yeah. So they got it all fixed up. But yeah, like, what, what they didn't say in that podcast is the bar owner was just desperately trying to get rid of Charbet and he was like, well, we'll put it in Man- Manhattan yeah. and then we'll get rid of it. Yep. <laughs> How much would you pay for a cocktail? For a what's cocktail? Your, what's, your top, I mean, I paid, what's your top side? I think we went two cocktails last night for like 17 and $18. And that's, that's my high end. I mean, and in the city, it's hard to, you can't, you're at the mercy of the actual menu. But even these days now, one of the, I don't think I'd probably pay more than like, $25. I mean, I know some places you can go you to. you know what was in that cocktail yeah. specifically? Yeah, if you go to the Avery, you're like, you know, you're, I'm going to pay $25 at least for a cocktail. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there, there's some places you go to and you pay $16, $17. They don't say what's, uh, what what juice they're using. You see them pour it and you're yeah. like, wait, you're pouring just that bourbon or you're pouring yeah. that gin? And you're like, that's yeah. uh, that, that bottle probably cost you like Fifteen dollars to yeah. buy at the yeah. bar, or I could go buy the bottle myself for twenty three dollars, twenty five dollars. But then again, you're just complaining to the air, and it's like go do it yourself then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's go do it yourself. So that person's gonna leave. Go to their nearest liquor store, whichever may that be, whatever yeah. chain, yeah, or corner store. Spend two three hundred dollars on everything that they need to make it, and it's gonna suck. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could. Yeah. I mean, it's the mul- only benefit oh. out of a cocktail list, aside from enjoying a cocktail mm-hmm. for hours, from our perspective, my personal perspective, yeah. is that can hopefully they'll have the balls enough to say, "Hey, what bourbon did you use that?" And if it's my bourbon, it's gonna go, great. Now I know what to go and look for. Sure. Well, like last night, so at Kamiko, great experience, great dinner, the little plates we had, great cocktails, um, nice experience, and the waiter we had was a very nice, hospital guy, and. Um, is it Julia Moments who's she doing the cocktail? It, yeah. oh, and she's so good. Oh, she wasn't making it, but she's one of the owners. Um, oh, she's one of the owners? Sammy, oh. Sammy is one of the, uh, the other owners, and he's the beverage director. Um, oh, okay. So she's not name. doing the cocktails there? She wasn't last night. I know she, I know she does sometimes, yes. Does she do the re- the cocktail menu? Oh, I think so. I think she. Well, oh, okay. I think her and her creative director, who's the other owner, Sammy, oh, okay. do it together. Well, regardless, if she has her name on it, yeah. she, it's going to be... Exactly. Tight. It, was, yeah. it was delicious. And um, I'm not, not, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm knocking it at all. No, no, no. And it but doesn't. You're, you're sitting at this very like select place where there's only, I think, 14 seats in it plus the bar. But if I'm having an awesome cocktail like that, I want to sit and talk to you. Now, thankfully, like I have the luxury of, uh, you know, 
you, I have a fiance who has worked that bar, with that bar, and so we can, she can come over and have a two minute conversation with yeah. you. But when I'm having a nice cocktail at a cocktail bar or at a good whiskey bar, any kind of bar, I want to talk to the bartender. Yeah, I want to be yeah. like, what do you like? I don't, maybe you're using this juice, but like, what would you use instead of at home? Or yeah. if it was up to you um, for this price point, or like, how did you make this? How'd you come up with this idea? Who's making, who's building your um, your cocktail menu, your beverage menu, and doing all that to get together to bring this whole experience for right. the crowd? I agree. Because yeah. it, it adds value to your drink at the end of the it day. Does. It does. It does. Complete, and that's when it's worth spending the money. If yeah. you're getting that background. Yeah. Or if you're getting the, not just, just the easy, quick little five-minute show and presentation yeah. and a slide on the napkin around a coaster and come back later when you need another one. You know, yeah. It's just, I can't pay for something like that. I'm yeah. not within myself. And uh, we're going to have Bob on from Fountainhead pretty soon. Oh, and hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where Matt notoriously interrupted my date, um, <laughs> but, um, and hopefully he can kind of go into that because he's the beverage director there, and he's had like all these great experiences of buying whiskeys from all over the country and a little bit across the world as well, and building these cocktail menus that I would say for what the juice they use are pretty well priced, um, favorably priced, especially Absolutely. on certain certain deals of the week yeah. when they're making you know, like their barrel pick. Uh, old fashioned from a barrel, barrel pick of uh, I, I think it's, it's Buffalo, Buffalo Trace. Pick. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you're, I'm getting an eight dollar old fashioned with a barrel pick. Like yeah. that's pretty cool, that's regardless awesome. of what distillery it is. Yeah, it's kick ass. That's, that's when it's cool. That's their Buffalo Trace pick, their recent Buffalo Trace pick, is like the only. That's the whiskey I've stashed away at my parents' house in Michigan oh, yeah. to drink now. <laughs> yeah, because we just we just finished a, a nine year old old fangled, so now it's the the nice. founded Buffalo no, the Trace. Fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, so. Let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this. Yeah. So, do I sleep what naked? Is yes. the function? I mean, well, maybe <laughs> it's not a question, or maybe I'm putting putting this forward as like, for a place like Kumiko, their cocktail menu is right the start of the show. Yes. But for Fountainhead, it's not. True. Right. It's the whiskey list, and it's the um, whiskey of the month yep. special card. So food, like, food, they're more food driven too. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah. So like. I don't know. It becomes a thing of if if you're going in, if you're going in f- to a cocktail place, I w- you would expect to you know s- pay seventeen or eighteen bucks, right? Correct. But if you went in the Fountainhead and their cocktails were seventeen or eighteen bucks, you would never in a million years buy a cocktail there. No. Because you would just buy for seventeen or eighteen I'd bucks, buy a you couple could have get, Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah, definitely. So. I yeah. mean, it, it's it's hard to it's. I was thinking about your question while you guys were talking about, it, and you guys had good points, but like, I can't even like think about like what I'd spend f- for a cocktail. Like, I'm so jaded on cocktails yeah. in a certain way that like, mm-hmm. I, I I'm not I'm not sure I would ever pay seventeen or eighteen bucks. How are you jaded on cocktails? Just because I I feel like I I to a large extent I feel like I've had them all. Yeah, okay. I hear you saying. I mean, like you also had the pleasure of having things for free or half price or things given to you and gifted yeah. to you. And That's true. And it's part of the whole experience of when you're working in this industry yeah. is that you get to try really good stuff for like a lower, uh, lower price point and that's really cool. But then, but you also want to go back and like, you know, give it, pay it forward, I guess, sure. if you will in a way and spend money at those places that are really trying to highlight cocktails, trying to highlight really quality whiskeys, even if it's not your own whiskey, like a Kamiko, it's all Japanese whiskey, all sure. Japanese gin, all products of that set essence. And it's really cool to bring that presence to Chicago because it's That's only true. on a small level. And it'd be amazing if there was craft bars like that. It's just, they'd be so expensive to, right. to there do will, that. There, there are some bars. There are. There. There's yeah. one. If you guys ever heard of Volume 39? 
Nope. It's at the Gray oh, Hotel. Sure. Yeah, in the Gray. Oh, okay. That's they're making, yeah, they're going to a, call it, not so heritage influenced, you know, bar menu. Mm-hmm. And it was so Kevin looking good in those shorts. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? To hear them going, wanting to go in a different direction. Sure. It's like, hey, any, any, you can go into any hotel bar down Randolph or yeah. any of the surrounding streets, mm-hmm. and you can have the same $15 pour of Old Forester or whatever mm-hmm. it may be mm-hmm. of your liking. The same whiskey sour, same the whiskey same sour, Pisco sour, same or whatever. Pisco, yeah, Pisco, yeah. whatever may be the case. You know, but where can you go somewhere where you really want to like get off work right in that same district and go have something different for yeah. the sake of having something different? Sure. Well, I mean, kind of getting back to what we talked about last time Matt was on the podcast was it's potentially could be at those um, still pubs because if you can have oh, that's fun. if you can yeah. have um, other spirits, other company yeah. spirits inside of your bar, and you're already making money. Um, if you're gonna start a still pub, you're probably already doing all right as a company. Yeah. Um, and be able to open up that up, and you s- you're gonna sell directly. You're making money directly off the sales of your own product. Sure. But if you can bring in, you know, ten other craft whiskeys, five other craft gins, start making fun cocktails with that. That could be the place to do yeah. it. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how that kind of progresses. I mean, it's one. Of, I mean, uh, Alarmist Brewing in Saganash. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they make an eight. $8, $9 old-fashioned with our rye, yeah. and it's fucking delicious. Because they're, so make, they're making all their money off their beers. They make the money off They can bring good yeah. product. And I went in there like a way. month ago to grab a four-pack of Le Juice. Ooh, and you yeah, started living Le there. Juice. And I lived there as well. <laughs> That's my summer home. <laughs> <laughs> That's your summer suburb home. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, um, and I was going to have a beer while I... Um, while I checked out, but instead I had uh, a cocktail. I was like, yeah. well, this sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to drink these tonight. And then I had like the uh, most extravagant boiler maker ever because I had <laughs> a Union Horse Rye Manhattan and then a glass of their Crispy Boy Pilsner oh, that they had just put on. That's a great beer. It's Hook, really line good. Sinker. It's a great beer. Yep. Yeah, so, and, and then of course the four pack of Le Juice. Yeah, that's cool. Juice that that drink of the park. It's an amazing. I'm not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad. Every time I leave there, I am fucked up. Well, <laughs> yeah. There you They're go. great. Man. And, so, and it's great because it's a, literally a 10-minute uh, bus ride down to my street oh, so nice from there. So walk nice. there. Yeah. I could if I really wanted to, but be I don't. be a long walk, actually. <laughs> I don't really want to walk on my days off. <laughs> Good point. So. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's all, like, really interesting aspects to have. That's it's building It's building inside of this industry where... Craft is definitely growing. Big guys still are, you know, the main players, but the innovations will definitely come. Um, it's just a matter of, it's a lot of things. It's a lot about how much is it going to cost you to have your building, to buy your building, to rent your building, all that overhead cost, and then mm. can you support these smaller brands? Hopefully, there will be more places like that. But uh, I mean, it's not just the brands that are struggling to do; it's also smaller liquor stores too. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Matt, if you want to bring up the story that just happened recently. Oh yes. So um, uh, the attorney general for Illinois, Kwame Raul, had been doing this uh, investigation into... Shout out to Kwame. Shout out to Kwame. Kwame. um, Into uh, uh, retail tax or sales tax evasion. And they announced that they had arrested five liquor store owners in the south suburbs and south side of Chicago. Um who had uh, the details are kind of vague, but from the way that the press release was 
seemed is that they were bringing um, product from Indiana or from out of state um, to avoid paying Illinois retail tax um, on the consumer side and to the distributor. Yeah, I mean, Illinois retail tax is one of the highest in the country. Oh, yeah. And that's Especially Paul. Cook County. Yeah. Crook County. Crook County. It's uh, 10%, I think. 10 right? 10.25. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, boy. So, they were bring. So, it, it seemed like. It seemed like they were looking for an inhonest edge to their competition. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate, but it speaks to kind of the. I mean, the state we're in, you know. Um, much like craft retailers, you know, independent liquor stores are always looking for an edge. Um, now, my what I find is interesting about this is that they're looking for it in a in honest way, and so they're they're trying to compete with these larger big box yep. liquor stores, these larger chains. Um, but if you're trying to compete with them on price, which is the only way, the only reason why you would break the law really to bring in product from out of state or through mm-hmm. the secondary market. Yep. If you're trying to compete on price with a larger chain, I feel like you've kind of already lost. Yeah, definitely. I mean, cause it, it, it's always going to be there. That's why bigger chains exist because right. they can, they, they built up enough of a popularity, built up enough money and, um, whatever it is to actually start selling their brands for a little bit cheaper. I mean, right. you can go to a local grocery store here and see a six pack of beer for, let's say eleven ninety nine. You go to a bigger retail store and it's $2 cheaper. All yeah. those $2 cheaper. It'll be interesting. I think too, with that, when it comes to the small guys to see how whole foods comes into play with Amazon being its mm. owner, because it, right now Amazon prices are more expensive than even some of the craft stores and they're a little bit up there, but there's always specials too. And you do see a little bit of some of the bigger brands or, um, some of the uh, small batch offerings from bigger brands that are a, a more of a competing level. And there's always a deal or two on their shelf uh, that's pretty nice to have in competing with the smaller or the bigger uh, retail chains. Mm-hmm. But right now, what, essentially what those smaller um, retail stores are doing by basically breaking the law to sell liquor at uh, competitive prices, they're becoming almost like that black market price, so that secondary yeah. market where you see the pappies going for 1500 and $2,000 yeah. and other yeah. barrel picks going for four times the price of what you're going to pay instead of a retail yeah. store. So they're kind of eating themselves themselves alive that way too. Oh, for sure. And you know, I, I you know, if I could talk to them directly right now. Hi. Do it. Hi friends. Hello friends. I hope you're listening. Um <laughs> I wish they would try to compete with the bigger boxes as far a uh, bigger box stores as far as customer service. Yeah. And and that kind of thing because you're you're not going to beat them at price. You no, just aren't, you no, have the buying but, power. but there's so many things you're giving up. When right, exactly. It, right, if you if you totally base your experience on price, totally, then ex- you get what you pay for. Period. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep. you pay forty five dollars for a, a bottle at Big Box A, and you go two three miles back to where you live, mm-hmm. and you pay two three dollars more at that smaller chain mm-hmm. or independent owner's yeah. shop. Mm-hmm. But they hand sold you that. I'll pay you that three dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, w- that's I what will I help you keep your yeah, lights totally. on. And that's what, I will help yeah. you keep you in the community. I mean, yeah. I, I wrote a story about Bitter Pops a couple months ago, and Mike joined their owner. That was exactly what he. Uh, that was their why. That was their yeah. what. That was their focus of being a company is that customer service, so they can walk you from. But he said, like, a Pilsner to the IPA and be with the journey with you all along. And yeah. they'll keep coming back to their store because yep. they know that it's a friendly environment. Mm-hmm. It's a knowledgeable environment. And I can go back there and not feel overwhelmed as a customer. 
and not feel right. like that or intimidated. Yes, exactly. By going into a liquor store and yeah. having no one talk to you and just kind of watch you yeah. from, behind the, you from behind yeah. the counter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. Behind the bar counter yeah. too. Yeah. Where you're just like I walked in the, and like hey, like I, I called a store looking for this one product for a photo shoot one time that I could not find it all over the city. Mm. Found it at this one store, called them like hey, can you hold this for me? I'll be there in like an hour cuz you know this is a drive through the city and they're like no, I mean, it'll be all right once you get here. And I'm like, so I go, I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I go up to the store. I'm like, hey, I called a little bit ago. That this is like, yeah, it's over on the shelf somewhere. That and I'm like, yeah. I think, like, dude, I called you looking for this. I told you, like, I'm looking for this, like, all day. Yeah. I find it at your store. I'm coming to get it, like, right now. And, like, you can't even have the courtesy, like, show me where it is in the store right. when I pick it up. <laughs> can't even get up. Yeah. It's a chain in Chicago. It's not a big chain, but it's a, still a chain. It's where, considered more yeah. than three locations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and But, like, yeah, when you have, like, the Mike Marinos of the world and Mike Joints of the world that are building these little uh, shops, not little anymore. They're community-based. Community-based, for sure. Mm-hmm. And you always have that pleasurable experience Absolutely. as as a person inside that community. I mean, even like random people start to reach out to me. Not random, but people hadn't heard from a long time. I posted that story about Bitter Pops. Like, oh my god, I love Bitter Pops. They're so nice, yeah. nice. And like, literally, yeah. it's like they're the nicest people. They have yep. the best selection. And it's like, yeah, everybody has a competing selection. Right. But when it comes down to what's that customer service going to be like? Yeah. How am I going to feel when I walk into those doors? Yeah. I, honestly, as a consumer, like I really don't care about selection. Yeah. For the most part, I as agree. long as you have stuff on the shelf and are nice to me, I'll find something that I want. I if agree. I'm already in your store as a consumer, yeah. I mean, if I'm more in your store 9 to 5, I'm probably trying to sell you something. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to break it to you. Yeah. But um, cuz you're the blonde bro sales boy. <laughs> let the let the let the message uh, reach your ears now. That's a good now. times rule, man. But if I'm if I'm out there as a consumer and you're like nice to me, I will find something that I yeah. like yeah. at your store. But see, and that's where I, I feel that's where that price reflects yeah. the experience. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. and it's not about, like, coming up to somebody and being like, hey, is there anything I can help you find? Like, okay, that doesn't really like, do anything. Yeah. That doesn't do anything for me. That's the most yeah. open-ended question. Um, alcohol? Yeah, exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm standing in the bourbon selection. That's <laughs> well, like I mean, alcohol, all right, but think about, I mean, think about it. When you go to the big, big box stores, there's so many people in there. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's true. There's so many people in there. And then if you, you know, and if you're trying to service them all, Within a certain amount of time, yeah. The first Sorry. thing they're going to ask you, "What can I help you find?" Because yeah, chances yeah, are, yeah. when you go to a larger store, you have something. Well, in mind. I think it's more like when you're standing in the aisles. But I'm if you're just standing about. and gazing, you know, and looking like you know what the fuck you want, yeah, then you're looking to get sold. Yep. You yeah, do yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yep. it's like... Well, it's weird because like, I, I find myself like having conversations with people at retail stores. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> not selling anything. Just there to buy oh, no, yeah, myself. And yeah. like, also... Oh, I'm, I'm selling, baby. Yeah, well, you kind of are in a way. I mean, I'm I, always I've done baby. that before. Don't I'm wrong. I, I've been like talking to people and they're like, hey, do you know anything? Getting good bourbon to try? Like... Let me take you over here. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, but this is like randomly conversations happening inside of the retail store as yeah, well. Yeah. But I mean, I guess what I'm speaking about when someone asks you that opening question is when you're standing in a, like, a specific aisle and it's like, can I help you find anything? It's like, okay, well, like what as a, as, a per, as a person working at that store, as an employee of that store, an ambassador of that store, should be showing off your knowledge and like, oh, I see that person's looking at the bourbons. It's like, oh, is there a Kentucky bourbon you're looking for? You're looking for something a little more small format mm. when it comes to craft. And it help, I, that's where you just want to have like that conversation. And I think a lot of it has to do with too, like 
sometimes when you go to like bigger stores and I'm not even talking about in Chicago, just everywhere just in, in general, general, it's like yeah. you, when you're wearing like some stupid polo that's like ratty pants and you're like you don't you just you know that person's not comfortable inside their uniform no at all when you go to like an independent store someone's dressed the way they want to be dressed but still looking a professional yeah um, in that aspect too they feel more comfortable as an individual they're polished yeah 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 well I mean I there's stores even here in Chicago that purposely carry what Benny's won't sure okay You'll present Independent it. Spirits yeah. on Broadway and another street. Yeah. They're like, hey, <laughs> in that what? I was like, of all that, what does Benny's not carry? Yeah. Like that and that. I'll take it. Okay. That's cool. Sure. Yeah. And for me, Benny's is the Stelios, biggest retail store in 19 Chicago. South Morgan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should be giving shout outs to your random stores. Yes. That's all right. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll, have to, I'll also eventually start doing that too. Um, but no, it's, it is an interesting conversation to be yes. had beca- or to continue in even starting in the slide because the more independent stores are popping up, obviously they won't be all able to compete with each other and compete with the bigger chain stores, unfortunately. But they're so well curated. Yeah, I think it's the best thing you can do. It's like when you walk into certain places, um, like in the provisions um, oh, spots. Oh, I love walking like, into those Yeah, it's, it, it's so like... So well curated. It's definitely... It's, it looks like you're actually at like a bar in someone's mm. house or like a lodge or something yeah. like that, which is really cool. And it's, it helps the environment of the community too, as long as someone's there to really help somebody and approach them in a very, very true. kind fashion and t- take them through from that first bottle on the wall mm-hmm. all the way down to the last one. Even some of them... Um, even like the provisions, I don't know if this is, you know, but sometimes we're they talking Rogers Park provisions. Rogers yes. and yes. Uptown. Yeah. Oh, up, oh, of course. And, up, and Uptown. Of course. Um, of course, my dear boy. You know, they, they'll offer I used to you live a taste. I was like, hey, what oh, do you sure. know about this? They're like, that's cool. We've got a sample bottle. Like Would you that. like to try it? Yeah, it's important. I love that. That's important. Bitter Pops does that. Bottles and cans does yeah. that. Shout if you're, out if to you're them. walking in those places, you're probably looking. At, you're probably walking out with something. I, I, yeah. I'm off in the Binnies or other retail stores. I walk gro- out with gro- nothing. Grocery store. Yeah, I'm like, I just nothing's catching you know, my eye. Nothing's I don't know. My eye. Yeah, or like I maybe I walk out with a six pack of beer that's like on sale for like seven dollars, just because like I don't know. Or a little boar's head, you know, snack pack. Oh, there you go. Mm, yeah. that's what I'm down with baby bell time. cheeses. Yeah, man. if you're feeling so decadent, <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah, it, it, it's welcome to cheese talk with Matt Brown, my guest Jake Hucky. I think and Wilson. Neither of you can say my last name right. That's all right. Damn. Don't worry about that. Co-co-host. Co-co-host. Uh, usually I don't even try to say your guys' last names. <laughs> it, fills me, it fills me with dread. Tor- Torres is a hard one to say. Torres. 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 Hey, Wilson Wilson. Ramon Torres. It's Wilson hey. Ramon Torres. Ramon. Ramon. Ramon Torres. <laughs> well, since we're rolling ours and we are past the hour mark of this recording, maybe it's a good place to wrap up here on a Friday afternoon. Hold on, I have like 10 more things I okay, want to talk Matt, about. Okay, Matt, give it off your chest. Do you really? <laughs> no. <Sweet. laughs> I have not. Oh. Like. If you wanted to, I mean, I'd go for it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, no, it's, I, I like the conversations of having with the smaller retail um, versus the bigger retail. And hopefully we'll have on some more people from um, both of those sizes because... It's always a great conversation because we're all a part of it, and uh, our brands have to grow up both um, yeah, for, that, for all of that. <laughs> um, so we can't really take one side over the other. We support both. They're playing Torn by Natalie and Brulia right now. Yeah, I want to say, I want to say, shout out to the gal for this '90s soundtrack yeah, they're on right I'm now. Taking it. It's they, po- they weren't playing it before before I started singing it, right? I didn't hear no, it downstairs it and then sing it. Oh, uh, we started with Alanis Morissette, and I heard a little like. I didn't, uh, I didn't okay. catch on anything. I think else. I might have even heard a Nerf Herder song in there. I don't okay. know. Who knows? But definitely heard some Offspring at one point. Hopefully didn't get on the <laughs> recording too much. <laughs> um, no, but that's uh, it was a uh, good conversation today about an all ranges of topic as we usually do. Um, but, yeah, any other uh, last parting words, Matt and Wilson?
I messed up that joke. Let me take it clean again. No, that was better. That was better. That was when better. I'm better. off the clock, I'm off the penis. Damn it. Oh, it doesn't work. Fuck! Uh, so, um, when it, it's coming out Monday? Yeah, Monday. Monday. Fine, we'll say Monday. Um, Thursday, May 2nd, um, I have the brothers in town, the Blum brothers themselves, oh, we're doing an event. Yeah. In the Binnie's Catacombs. That's oh, the nice. that's the basement of the Binnie's at 3000 North Clark. That's a dope job. Um, all you got to do is RSVP. Just call them up and yeah. say, hey, hey I want to come in. Yep, I want to do the Blonde Brothers night. I the street. There you go. It's awesome. Yeah, I'll see you on Thursday. All right. My love. Thursday. And uh, I was already going to see you Thursday. Really? No. Oh. You weren't going to see me. Oh. What? Anyways, so. Um, creepy. I'm stalking. Yeah, creepy. Everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I'm. I'm the watcher from the Marvel comics. <laughs> 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 nice. Um, Longest outro ever. That is hey, I have like four more plugs, so hey, you keep on inter- you keep on interjecting. No, I'm just kidding. That's it. Um, Benny's Catacombs, uh, May second. Uh, please join us, and then um, Benny's Evergreen Park. If anyone's in, on the south side, Benny's Evergreen Park on Thursday, May 9th. They're doing like a. Uh, a local supplier cocktail night, so nice. I'll be there as well, making oh, some cocktails. Cool. Yep. Cool. Wilson, that's all I got. Uh, Matt's you at, went. Matt, and Matt is at Matt Brown official Matt Brown fan, fan site. Club. No, <laughs> official <laughs> Matt Brown. Instagram he has the longest Instagram handle of all time. In my Instagram it handle is, is official at, <laughs> at official <laughs> Matt Brown fan club. And every Wednesday, I do very nuanced uh, whiskey reviews in my uh, in my Instagram stories. <laughs> so I do them every Wednesday. They're very nuanced and different Maybe every we single week. Maybe right now. <laughs> I already did. I did a union horse like two weeks ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram. Cool. That'd be fine. <laughs> and Wilson's at 312 Made, and he probably has Such some other events. Such a much event. better handle. It's a lot easier. It's so good. It's easy. It's easier. And Union Horse Distilling. And union, union Horse Distilling Co. Oh, excuse me. That's Sorry right. about that. It's all right. It's all good. Yeah, and like, kind of just to be the all transparency that we've had or tried to have on this podcast. Um, when we first started this podcast, I was not affiliated with any whiskey distillery um, on a full-time basis, but uh, I recently accepted a job with an Australian whiskey distillery called Star Ward. Yeah. Australian. Australian for beer. We're gonna, on the upcoming weeks, we're going to have a whole lot of terrible Australian yeah, accents, aren't we? Yeah, just a few. Um, yeah, hopefully we can have David Talley on. Oh, we can order. have a little sip of it. Yeah, we can maybe have a sip of Wallabay. it. It's a kind of fun whiskey. Uh, they do a lot of different um, styles. It's a very innovative company, but the main Melbourne. one... <laughs> yeah, out of Melbourne. Um, the, main, the main style, or the main whiskey here in the States right now is called their Nova, which is a single malt, um, 100% single malt. Then we age everything inside of used wine casks from around the Melbourne area. Um, all the ingredients we get are from a, di- a day's drive away from the distillery, so everything's all fresh, all local, and that aspect. And it kind of gives us this really nice, rich honey, almost like a Shiraz Cabernet taste yeah, to the nice. back end, but very fruity. Um, Wilson said a little bit, but enjoyed it. Yeah. Matt's just going to say he likes it, even though he's never I tried it. it. I like it as an aperitif. Tea fan is an a digestive actually. Yeah, it's something you can bring to the table to drink uh, yeah, for dinner versus sure. not just always having at the end of the night or sipping on. But yeah, just kind of want to stay in um, all honesty with uh, all 18 listeners out there. Um, <laughs> 17 or 19, including Matt. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's something we're trying to do with this, with this project, with this podcast, is that we want to basically bring transparency to the whiskey industry and to ourselves in that aspect. So 
that's kind of what I'll be doing as their U.S. ambassador um, for this nice Australian company where I'm US the first U.S. employee. Mm, that's awesome. Wow. Whatever that that's means. history, bro. In that's complete history. transparency as well, I'm a ghost. Uh, from the 19th century, and you can see right through me. Who does gay porn? Um, <laughs> all right, folks. So other than that, big shout out to Beguile. Just but come by here, have it's a true. pint, have a sip. Come by um, on the weekends too for their Sunday fun days and all that good stuff. They're always having um, food trucks and good partnerships and collaborations, and always having some good beer here. But that's our uh, that's our rent payment for them um, as it comes <laughs> out. And I'm Jake Hookie. You can find me at at Jake Hookie uh, as well. And then we're also a Key in the Lake, keyinthelake.com for any stories, all of our podcasts, some photos of Matt in the nude. I don't know. Kind of get crazy well, there. We're well, also at Key in the Lake. I don't photograph. <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter if you want to check us out. Any, anything from there. <laughs> kind of always documenting what's going on here in Chicago and what we're drinking and how we're doing it. Um, other than that, thank you everybody for listening. Cheers. And we will see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>